What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian and Ozzy podcast. We are back with this Hermanson versus Strickland card going down this Saturday. We had a week off last week after UFC 270, but we are back with this fight night card. I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Ozzy. How are we doing this week? Fantastic. Took that uh, one-week break, went out to Mexico, came back, recharged off that uh, hot pay-per-view, and I really like this card. Lots of, I think, lots of good spots, good fights up and down the card, um, and a lot of fighters that you know, from the beginning, from when we first started this or kind of like getting that, you know, rotation around. So pretty familiar and uh, definitely looking forward uh, to, to the night night of fights that uh, starts early too. I think like a four or four thirty start uh, this week. How was morale in Mexico? I heard they were pretty bummed out after the Moreno loss. I didn't see any of it. Cancun was I mean, listen, that I need to make more money because I, I, it went well. Cancun, very nice. I highly recommend. Up and down the coast, wherever you can't find a bad spot in Mexico, you cannot. So, a lot of but, Brits. Uh, we're still, a lot of Brits. We're still very happy coming off that Figueredo win. Uh, was definitely, I think, the deserving winner. Great fight, probably the best fight on that entire card. Um, you know, gaining I disagree. Ganu. I disagree. Which Henry, was? Henry oh, versus right, yeah. Barcelos for sure. Fight of the night, plus four fifteen winner, plus one hundred five. Uh, over two and a half winner and uh, and and an awesome performance by uh, by Victor Henry in a fight that literally nobody thought he was in a win. So yeah, probably could be like one of the retrospects, like best bets of the year. Yeah, uh, you know we'll come back to that in eleven months or something like that. But definitely one of the best like UFC debuts of recent memory too. Just a thirty twenty seven clinic from Henry there, and uh, you know that was a fun fight too. But in terms of like competitiveness back and forth, I was I was really enthralled by that uh, that. Figueredo Moreno fight and uh, was definitely happy to see our boy Figgy get the uh, the decision victory. I thought he earned it too. So um, yeah, live, uh, live just a quick recap. Was, for- live betting was really good on that. The definitely was swinging back and forth quite a bit. So yeah, that was a, that was definitely an interesting fight for sure. It was it was very good. And uh, recap for me, 1.78 unit profit, uh, 29% ROI. Tough loss on Stamen and Giles. You uh, definitely won the head-to-head battle there, picking Morales uh, instead of Giles. Um, but what about you? What is your official track recap? Yeah, so five units up. Um, only loss that I – I mean, I don't even regret any bets. Um, you know, obviously the gone, uh, you know, decisions in there did not go my way um obviously he was up 2-0 could have probably hedged a little bit on there but just you know some bad fight iq by him you know i don't need to go into into all of that um andre fialo uh, another bet definitely don't regret definitely thought that was a really good value i think it was a pick and price going into the third round and then you know hit on figgy Morales, Victor Henry, Victor Henry by decision, plus 900, Jasmine, two units there. So overall, five units uh, in the in the green for, for last week, um, you know, and, and picking up uh, right where we left off, I think just about 15 units up uh, for the year. That last, you know, I think I joined everybody on on Ryan Bader in that week off uh, and that went well. But uh, but yeah, we're, we're rolling into the year and uh, feeling good about uh, about the year year to come. Yeah, rare uh, Bellator card where all four dogs won on the main card. That's a pretty rare state, but uh, that's enough about the past few weeks. We got 13 fights coming down this weekend, so let's get right into them. And uh, we're going to be starting things off in the flyweight division where we have Denise Bondar making his UFC debut, taking on Malcolm Gordon. Bondar, the huge favorite, minus 270. Gordon, plus 230. And all I got to say is I wouldn't be betting against Ukraine right now. A guy from Ukraine, you know, everything's going on over there. I just feel like the Ukrainian fighting spirit is flowing through Denise Bondar's veins. And there's no way that he's losing uh, to Malcolm Gordon. Um, 
because Gordon, you know, infamous for getting hit, getting hurt in fights often. He gets taken down and stuck on his back for long periods of time. I've been pretty impressed with Bondar's top game. He seems like he has a good idea on uh, takedowns and passing, flowing from position to position. Seems like a really good grappler. And, you know, he probably just runs over Gordon in the grappling here. Even in Gordon's last win against Figueredo, he still got taken down and held on bottom for like all of that first round. You saw the way Amir Abbas, he just sliced through his guard, mounted him, submitted him. Um, so I just think that Gordon is such a bad grappler that you can't be really putting any stock into him. And there's a good chance that Bondar covers his price tag, uh, even though he is making his UFC debut here. So uh, I think Bondar probably cruises to a, a dominant uh, decision or uh, maybe even getting a submission on the mat here. Yeah, I don't have too much on this fight. I I think it's a seldom uh, fight, uh, flyweight fight that uh, over and over one and a half. It's uh, the over under set at one and a half. Um, Gordon's been finished in the first round in three of his five losses. Uh, Bondar, very fast starter, um, looks to really get you out of there uh, right away. One thing I'll say is I don't love the you know when guys haven't been at a certain weight class, especially you know at 125 when you're literally you know just. Uh, Barely, barely a man. No offense. Um, if you're making 125 easily, so I don't love seeing that. That you know, I don't think he's made 125 since like 2019. So that's quite a long time for a guy who's uh, I think now about to be 30 soon. But yeah, Gordon definitely needs the fight to play out for him to to work his way into it. Um, he's not very potent of a finisher. Doesn't look to to throw that many strikes, whether it's on the feet or. If he does get on top. So I think Bondar, you know, whether he has to go defensively, let's say if he does get taken down or if he's on the feet, I think he, he'll be able to finish Malcolm Gordon and put him in some uh, situations that uh, that he's not very comfortable in. But at that juice, don't really love it. I'd probably uh, prefer to, to just play the under or I mean, I don't like laying minus money on these inside the distance props. So it's probably going to be a, a entire entirely a pass for me. But I wouldn't blame anybody for, you know, seeing Malcolm Gordon and thinking, you know, this fight is going to end in a finish because uh, Figueredo, I mean, like he just slowed down so much and, you know, not not that great of a finisher. Whereas Bondar, that's like his sole purpose in life is to, to finish fights. And I think he'll do that uh, on Saturday. All right, sounds like we're in pretty good agreement here, but uh, I don't think we're going to agree on this next fight. It's a fight you've been you've been pretty interested on on Twitter, welterweight division. We got Phil Rowe minus one twenty favorite, Jason Witt plus one hundred. What are your thoughts here? Yeah, so I'm on Witt at plus one forty. Obviously, a sign. Uh, he's now you know basically even money everywhere. I just feel like obviously this is a fight where both uh, both guys have strengths that play into the other guy's weaknesses, which you know is something that you kind of see very often now with the UFC matchmakers. But overall, I just think. Phil row um when he's on, on on the feet he's not really throwing out great volume the only time i think he's even that effective is actually when he's going backwards because when he does go forward uh his hands you know when he's throwing his hands his defense is just not there people people will shit on obviously jason with chin you know it's not great but phil Rowe will get rocked with punches as well he he hit, gets hit clean himself and even when he's throwing these punches they're big wind-up shots they're not that tight he's like I think he struggles with the, the shot selection, like thinking about what strike do I want to throw here? You know, where, where do I want to go with the fight? Uh, uh, 
Orion Kasi was holding him against the fence very easily, taking him down extremely easily. Uh, and Phil Rose reactions, I just don't like you know them at all. Like I said, I think he's fragile. Gabe Green, you know, basically kicked his legs off. You know, uh, Phil Rose just going to his back from calf kicks uh, when there weren't that many uh, you know built up. And then his main you know, things from on bottom because he's not a great wrestler. He looks to recover guard. He looks to, he doesn't really look to, to get up, to scramble up um, other than that one half guard sweep that he has. But I don't think that's going to be very effective against a guy like Wit, who he, he, he's very comfortable uh, laying on top, holding people down. Uh, it's very contrary to let's say Brian Barberena who he's not interested at all in guard, in jujitsu, in doing any of that stuff. His 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 uh game plan is let me get back up to my feet um uh, and and tire and have the guy tire himself out by holding me down. Uh Kasi has never been to a decision, right? Not only has he never won a decision, he had never been to a decision. And you see after five minutes, six minutes, he's sucking wind in there. Guess who's undefeated in decisions? Jason Witt. Guess who's never won a decision? Philip Rowe. Um, now, I don't think that Philip Rowe, obviously, his win, his win probability is probably not uh, winning a decision. But, the, like, you know, people are knocking Jason Witt's cardio. It just doesn't make any sense. Uh He's gotten finished a bunch of a few times in the first round for sure. You know, is Chinny, but Phil Rowe does not have necessarily great cardio. He missed weight in his last fight. He, I don't think he prepares that that well. Like I just, there's nothing I like about Phil Rowe's game, and I just think that uh, he's not going to really be able to prevent uh, what Jason Witt uh, is out there to do. Witt's got uh, James Krause in his corner. I think they're going to come up with it pretty good game plan not that it's very like it's not rocket science and and yeah so i mean could i see phil Rowe landing a big shot in on in on whip for sure but there's no way you want to pay juice on this guy he was an underdog to a contender series guy who's never been to a decision and was getting his ass whooped himself in his contender series fight he beat a shabazian brother in the third round which is par for the fucking course and you're gonna lay juice on him insane Give me Jason Witt. I got him big uh, at plus 140. If I lose, okay, we lose. But obviously, line value there. And, uh, and yeah, we'll, I'll, I'll roll with that. Yeah, I think I'm, I think you're on the right page. But I just feel like both of these guys um, are kind of on the untrustworthy side. So I wouldn't be putting, you know, I wouldn't be going big on either guy. Just with, like, how, how big of a concern that Witt could get melted with, like, one shot early on. I mean, that's a very real possibility. Um, I noticed with the Barbarina fight, he did kind of wait at least, like, maybe two minutes before shooting his shot um, in that fight. But nothing was really happening. Barbarina wasn't really doing much. Um, so I think he'd be wise to maybe get to the wrestling early on here. I mean, if he comes out and shoots a takedown, like within the first 10, 15 seconds, I think that would be a good move because Rose takedown defense is not good. He can lay on his back. Um, but I kind of feel like this one Wit is going to win the first round, uh, probably get off to a lead. And then in rounds two and three, I think it's going to start getting pretty sketchy. Uh, he's going to start getting hit. The chin's going to start dying out on him. And I do see Roe knocking him out in the second or third round. Um, just kind of playing a similar analog to Roe's last fight against Kasi. I think it'll look pretty similar. Um, so I, I guess I do agree that Wit is the side at plus money uh, pre-fight. But I would look to uh, live bet Phil Rowe here, I think, after round one is going to be a good live bet spot. Maybe his late 
uh, second and third round knockout props because, you know, Brian Barberina, not a hard hitter. He was, you know, basically stumbling wit anytime he landed a punch in those later rounds. So uh, wit could win this fight uh, with a wrestling heavy grappling approach. I think it's only going to be by decision. I think that Roe is competent enough on bottom not to get subbed. Um, So wit decision, I think is a good way to play him if you're playing him in addition to money line. Um, but very volatile fight, not a fight I would be confident in either side in. So uh, I'll, I'll go against Ozzy here and take a row uh, by late finish. And uh, that's going to take us to the light heavyweight division. We got Jalton Almeida as the minus 410 favorite. Danilo Marks as the plus 340 underdog. Um, you know, doing tape on Almeida, like this guy's got no footage available. I mean, he's got... Uh, one fight from like 2013 and then his contender series fight for some reason, like almost all of his fights from his entire career are unavailable. I don't know what the hell is going on with that. Um, but you know, the contender series fight, he did get put on bottom initially there. He did work his way back up to the feet. He did start to hit takedowns and look pretty, you know, dominant in top position there. Um, but I mean, it's just one fight. This guy's minus 410 when there's one fight available of his on the contender series, we know we see it week in and week out. A guy gets a finish in the contender series. He gets overvalued in the lines and then he, he loses a, a, you know, a fight or two later. And I think that, um, that could be another example happening here. I just, I just don't see enough skill. I don't see enough uh, evidence that Almeida is good to be placing him over 80% here. I mean, that's just crazy. Especially considering that Marks or that uh, Almeida's uh, bread and butter is grappling, and Marks is a pretty competent grappler of his own right. Like I don't think Marks is going to be completely out of his depth in the grappling here. So, um, you know, it's just a fight that I would say is dog or pass right off the bat. I mean, there's nothing really else to be said. Maybe take a small stab on Marks here, uh, but I mean, I would be shocked to see Almeida justify minus four ten. I mean, it's just extremely unlikely that that would happen so uh you know take a small pop on marks and you know don't think about this one too much yeah so i completely agree um obviously i i did back um almeida in his contender series fight just because i saw this dude's you know absolutely massive um he was talking about fighting a heavyweight i think as well which is crazy but uh but then also the the russian guy is not not very uh proven but you know, in a fight, this fight here, I mean, I think people just didn't like what they saw from Danilo in that last fight where I was definitely on him against Kennedy. Um, but, you know, backpacking that guy for so long and and hanging off of him and then, you know, Kennedy just completely shutting down and not, uh, you know, giving him very much opportunity to, to get that choke in. But, I mean, other than that, like... You know, even if these guys are at range, like if they're fighting in the clinch, if the if the Nilo's on bottom, I, I just don't see how he should be that much of a dog against a guy who, yeah, you know, um, Almeida definitely has some strong grappling, but he's does not he's not proven in these later rounds. Although he did look fine in that contender series fight in the second round, and it, it might be because he hangs out with Carlos Felipe, if you know what I'm saying. Usada, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if this guy got popped at some time in his UFC career. Um, I, I think the over here is potentially a good spot because I think that, uh, you know, uh, Marquez might be able to pull him up in the clinch. Like, let's say if if uh, Almeida's shooting in on takedowns, getting deep on the hips, I think he might be able to pull him up and we could see some hugging uh, early on. But I, I got to take something on, on, uh, on Danilo here just because this guy's just too unproven. 
Danilo, he's shown that he could, I mean, obviously that last fight, he didn't fight adver back from adversity that much, but he's shown that, you know, this guy, he'll, he'll, he fights to his strengths. He looks to get that grappling going when he's at range. You know, he's not uh, putting himself out there too much to, to get put to for damage to come back his way. And I don't really know anything about Almeida's uh, stand-up game. So this is an absolutely crazy line. That Russian that Almeida beat, who the hell knows? Like, I don't even know who he is, barely. So, I like, I, I'd probably pick Danilo over him if I had to. And, you know, I saw him versus Corey Hendricks only, and it wasn't that great of a fight. So, I'll take Danilo here, a little, little pop on him. Uh, the over has gotten bet a little bit, so I'll probably have a little bit on that as well. And then, and then uh, hope for Danilo to uh, get back on track. Yeah, I just noticed that overline. I mean, I think that is good value. I mean, I, I'm pretty cursed with betting overs and whatnot, so I won't fully endorse this just not to jinx it. But, I mean, the, that just doesn't make sense to me, over one and a half being at, you know, at a pick em price. I just think that this has potential to honestly go the full decision. So plus 240 on the ghost of distance here. I mean, just another example of a contender series fighter getting way overvalued in his debut. And uh, that's going to take us to the next fight. High level affair here. A lot of people talking about this one all week. Um, Bantamweight fight, mm -hmm. women's mm -hmm. Bantamweight fight. Alexis Davis, minus 240. Julia Stoylarenko, plus 205. Yeah. I think this is, yeah, here? man, I think this is a sleeper for fight of the night, honestly. You know, these are two girls. I mean, this fight's going to be ugly. Uh, but I think it could be maybe a, a bit exciting just because Alexis Davis doesn't block any punches. Julia Sully Wrinkle definitely doesn't block any punches. And then if they get to the ground, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, Sully Wrinkle only has, you know, has that arm bar that she goes for. Uh, and I'm a sucker for arm bars. But um, obviously, Alexis Davis has fought the much higher competition. Uh, her her jujitsu, I think, I thought she won her last fight. I'm a little biased. I was on her in that fight. But I thought she won that fight. And and then the... Stoli Renko? No, excuse me. Alexis Davis. I thought she won her last fight against Penny. Yeah, against Oh, Penny, Penny. yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, and and then the Mazel fight. I mean, just Mazel was just giving up her back, and 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 Alexis Davis was was able to pounce. But I mean, you know, I I've got some of my guys. I'll tell you that they like the Alexis Davis side, and they're paying juice, which I would never do. Like the only way I'm looking is the Soli Rinko side. But I would probably just try to get, maybe bet her live here. You know, I know she got finished in that fight against Avila, but I feel like Avila brings a little bit of a higher intensity than uh than alexis davis does and is just you know puts out a little bit more output a little bit more power behind the shots and then actually hunts the submissions when she is able to although alexis davis has a decent arm bar herself but i don't think she's an arm bar solely wrinkle so you know i i'd probably lean towards uh taking the value side a value play on solely wrinkle now it's like getting north of uh plus 200 and if I like Alexis Davis, like I said, I don't think that she's gonna going to finish uh, Sully Rinko, so I don't really see why you'd uh, lay that uh, minus number. So I'd probably just try to stab her by decision. But uh, but yeah, let's see how this. And you know, the over is minus two sixty. So you know, uh, I wouldn't want to be on that side, given uh, Sully Rinko could go for these submissions. Um, so yeah, I'll probably lean Sully Rinko, but I'm not gonna have anything on this fight. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a sloppy, ugly fight. It's likely going to be pretty high volume. You know, both these women stand on the feet. They trade. Um, Stoliarenko is pretty, like, awful at everything. But you got to give credit that she is extremely tough. You know, she did get finished in that last fight. But, I mean, she can eat punches all day. Watch her that Invicta fight where she's, like, bleeding all over the canvas for 25 minutes straight. Um you know, I just think that these two are going to stand right in front of each other and exchange punches nonstop. So the fact that Alexis Davis is minus 240 is pretty wild. I mean, she's 
she's only covered that type of price when she grapples. And, you know, maybe she looks to do that here, but, um, Stolyarenko isn't as terrible of a grappler as like someone like Sabina Mazo. So I don't think that Stoll is going to like go down super easily um, like Mazo did in that fight. Um, I could see it getting stalled against the cage at times. I mean, it's just going to be a scrappy close decision. Davis probably does win it. But for both of these women being kind of zombies who march forward and eat punches with their face, I mean, I think plus 205 is probably the side here. And uh, yeah, you just can't be laying juice on, uh, at 70% for Alexis Davis. That's just not the move. Um, so that's enough said about that fight. Moving along to the middleweight division where we have uh, Marc-Andre Berriou minus 126, Chidi Njigawani plus 106. And we got Chidi making his UFC debut here coming off his uh, his knockout in the Contender Series. You know, it looked really good in the Contender Series. I think... Um, that was probably his all-time best performance, honestly. Um, if you watch his other fights against, you know, other notable names, he struggles, uh, you know, a good amount. John Salter took him down, uh, choked him out pretty easily in, in round one of that fight. Uh, Pedro Carvalho was able to kind of stall him out against the fence, uh, take him down as well. And it seems like Chidi really, you know, melts under that grappling pressure. He can be taken down. He can spend long periods of time on bottom. And it's not like um, Bayerut is a, a dedicated wrestler. It's not like he wrestles in all of his fights, but he is, I'd say, the much more well-rounded fighter. He's uh, more experienced at the higher level. And I just think he, he's he's got a little bit of everything. He kind of reminds me of like a budget Marvin Vittori where he, he's durable. He has good cardio. He's got good output. He's a decent striker, decent grappler. Like he can do everything pretty well, I'd say. And I just feel like he has a lot less glaring weaknesses than Njikwani. If Chidi is going to win this fight, it's probably going to be by you know outstriking and or definitely going to be by outstriking probably needing a finish over Barry because Barry just tends to figure the fight out as it goes he builds on opponents you saw him lose round one uh versus um his two most recent opponents um uh Azaitar and Uh, Dalton's two and three really well. He he puts up a good pace. He has really good cardio in round three. Um, so I just feel like he could struggle early here. He could maybe eat some knees early on, but I trust his durability enough not to get finished. And I just think I trust him much more as the fight goes late. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm just going with Barryud here. I got a 1.5 units on him at a pick and price minus 110. Um, that's still out there on BetMGM. Um, if you have access to that book and uh, I've, I've been on barrier in a few, few of his fights uh, back to back and I'm going to be riding him once again here. So I like the power bar here, uh, even at slight juice. Yeah, so This is a fight I've been, I don't know, not, not that Barry has been a guy who I've have, haven't had great reads on. Like when he first came into UFC, I thought that he was pretty good, but I, all those fights like the park Jocko Sanchez fight, I just thought that he fought, just terribly in all of them like you know and then look frustrated after as if you know he should have won them or something like that and then the last two fights i think kind of in hindsight maybe a bit easy matchups uh dolce definitely didn't have the cardio to hang with him but chitty just a much more dangerous guy i i feel you know i think in space uh he's gonna be able to make barrio look uh you know quite quite bad um you know people have been yelling at me about phil Rowe and the reach advantage and stuff like that but chitty's got a seven inch reach advantage against uh mark andre he's got i think in the clinch he's better than him in the tie clinch especially um and then chitty last fight i mean you know souza obviously not a great um uh, wrestler um but chitty was able to to to, to reverse him a few times I, I believe hold top position land some ground and pound uh, and then showed uh 
you know, three not three whole rounds of cardio, but didn't slow down all that much to me. So I just think this is gonna be a, a pretty close fight. Mark Andre, I just don't think he does anything all that well. Like, is he going to really scoop Chitty up and you know take him down and double leg him? I'm not that sure. And if this is fight, if that's not happening, I, I do kind of lean towards Chitty landing the better strikes, the front kicks, the leg kicks. Uh Barrio's incredibly slow on the feet. So he's gonna have to be in tight on Chitty. But then even there, I feel that Chitty has uh, definitely avenues uh to make uh to, to to put out damage that looks good for the judges. So, you know, I think I I was going back I think the other day I was kind of thinking more more uh Barrio uh when when this was like more like pick'em. But I I think any plus money actually on, on Chitty is probably a good side. Um, and I do think this is going to be a, a, a pretty competitive fight overall. So I, I'll just take the plus money and fade the the the, the recent success of uh, MAB. Nice. And he is, you know, training at Sanford, good stable of, uh, of middleweights down there. We'll talk about that a little bit more later on the car, but that's going to bring us to the featherweight division. Uh, really fun fight. Probably one of the best fights on the card here. We got mean Hakeem Dawadu minus 162, Mike Trezano plus 142. Uh, we got Canada versus New York here. Uh, what are your thoughts? I love on this, this fight. I love one for, you know, obviously featherweight fights a lot. Um, you know, you're seeing a guy, uh, Trezano, had a really good run up, run through the Ultimate Fighter. Um, has not been able to be as active. I don't know, you know. He, I think he, he was one of the guys that kind of got caught in, um, maybe some injuries after the Grant Dawson fight, and then COVID hit. And uh, I think against that in Ludovic, the Ludovic fight, he just couldn't get going as well as he should have. Um, and I think that was ring, that was ring rust, in my opinion, for him. I think once you saw him get going with the feints and, and kind of just sitting down on his punches and, and just kind of going forward and not uh, thinking too much about what Klein was doing, I think he looked a lot better. Um, he's, he's, other than the Grant Dawson fight where he was an underdog, he's been, I mean, he's been an underdog at close in all of his fights, and he's 3-1 and one in the UFC off of it. Um, I th just think this is a guy who overperforms. Um, I think his grappling is a little bit better than uh, it's given credit for. Obviously, Klein was able to hold him down, but that that's more wrestling-based. I think jujitsu-wise, he's pretty solid. Uh, if you look in his Bellator fight, he hits a really nice uh, anaconda choke uh, in there, and I think uh, in, in one of his... Uh, Ultimate Fighter fights, he he shows off his ground game as well. Now, Hakeem on the other side, I mean, this guy, I, I just think his wrestling, just terrible. I just don't think he has m very good instincts there. Um, I think he gets by with being bigger and, and maybe a little bit quicker than than some of his opponents. But I think on the feet, I think it'll it'll be pretty close. I think that uh, if Trezano, a more active Trezano, I think is going to look a lot better here. I think the, the stand-up actually uh, bodes well and suits him well. This guy... Um, uh, Hakeem does not win fights very convincingly. The only thing he does very well, in my opinion, are some of those leg kicks that he throws out. But Trezano's a pretty schooled uh, kickboxer as well, coming from that Tiger Showman's camp. I think his pace, his cardio is really, really, is really, really good, whether if he's grappling or striking. And I just think that he has more tools to win here. I, I do see these guys going at it for a bit. I do hope that Trezano maybe mixes in that wrestling a bit or some clinch takedowns or clinch grappling overall. Um, Hakeem's never fought in the in the smaller cage, so I do 
think these guys lock up a bit. And I just don't like this guy's reactions uh, to some of this grappling. And I don't think that he really works it all that much either. So I, I, I'm going to side with uh, Trezano here, Trezano by decision uh, as well. And I just think that uh, in, a, in a decision-based fight, I think that he's going to be able to turn it up uh, as the fight goes on. And, and I'm going to trust him uh, more than uh, Hakeem at this juice price where, you know, I, I just don't think his shot selection is great. And I think that he's going to be uh, encounter a lot of resistance uh, from Trezano. Yeah, I'm thinking along the same lines. I think if you had to compare like their striking skill, like skill for skill, I guess Dawadu would be the better. I just feel like he doesn't really leverage it that much. He doesn't really um, throw a super high amount of strikes. If you look at like the stat numbers for his past few decisions, not really throwing like an exorbitant amount of strikes, only winning with like 60 or 70 strikes thrown or strikes landed uh, in those fights. And I think, you know, the, the forward pressure of Trezano could be, you know, a big factor in this fight. I mean, it is favored to go the distance pretty heavily near minus 200. So it's going to be likely hitting the scorecards here. And it's going to be about who's winning the, the fight in the eyes of the judges and Trezano coming forward, being the pressure fighter, uh, just getting in Dawadu's face, I think could, you know, loom large here. I think that could sway the decision his way. Uh, I sent out a tweet about this uh, last night. The, the ends by split decision prop here is plus 400. Um, you know, Dawadu's gone to several splits. So has Trezano. And this just has all the makings for a close fight. So I think uh, that is a good stab on DraftKings if you're feeling uh, a little frisky with some of these, uh, you know, weird market props they're offering. Um, and I don't think that Trezano is going to be looking to hit any takedowns here. Uh, I did talk to someone in, in Trezano's camp and he said that they're more focused on, you know, just putting up a high striking pace uh, instead of wrestling. Um, but I just think that Trezano is going to be in his face nonstop. I think it's going to be a close striking affair. I'm a little bit worried about the leg kicks for Trezano. I hope he, you know, has a plan to deal with them, checks those leg kicks. Um, but if he's coming forward with that same pace and pressure that he was putting on Klein in those later rounds, I think he's got a great chance at, uh, you know, edging this decision out. So I, I agree. That would do a slight favor here. Maybe minus 130 would be a little more accurate. But I think the line is pretty uh, is pretty off where it is. I think there is some value left on Trezano and. Uh, you know, both cool fighters. I like both these guys a lot, but uh, I'll be cheering for the dog, the New York guy, uh, to get it done. I like Tiger Showman's guys a lot, so uh, hopefully he pulls off this decision here, and um, that's going to move us along. Next fight in the Bantamweight division, uh, we got Miles Johns taking on uh, John Castaneda. Johns minus 178, Castaneda plus 153. Castaneda been getting them bet down a lot these past few days. He was plus 200 just a few days ago, now bet down to almost uh, plus 150 range. Um, I guess it's my turn to start this one off. And uh, I've never been a fan of Miles Johns. If you listen to the podcast, I've kind of been skeptical of him. Uh, maybe trusted some some bad fighters um, to beat him in the past, like uh, Dos Santos and um, even Natividad, I think I might have had some hope in. Uh, but, you know, I just feel like Johns is, you know, the typical Fortis MMA fighter where the guy's just not really refined uh, skill-wise. Uh, he, he's a good athlete. He's somewhat well-rounded. But I just don't think the guy makes a lot of great, like, in-fight decisions. I don't think he knows what his strengths are. You saw him uh, wrestling and grappling a lot in his early fights. And now that he's having success with that jab, he knocked out a few of his opponents, uh, landed the leg kick a little bit more. He's definitely fallen in love with this striking and i think he's getting away from that wrestling base of his um now 
Cassinita has looked pretty bad on bottom in some of his uh, fights outside of the UFC, uh, specifically his uh, Leo Loa fight on the Contender Series a few years back. Um, so if Johns were to come with a wrestling-heavy game plan here, I think that would be his easiest path to victory. But you can't trust the guy to wrestle with him. I don't think he shot a takedown in like three or four fights or something like that. So. I don't trust him to leverage that that grappling to to get this fight in his easiest realm. And I think that there's a good chance these guys uh, strike with one another on the feet. And Castaneda, I think he's got some pretty sl slick southpaw boxing. I think, uh, you know, the guy's got really good hand speed. Uh, you saw him against Eddie Wyland. He hurt him with the punch there and just unleashed a nasty combination to get him out of there. So the guy's got pretty good killer instinct. Um uh, I've seen good cardio from him in the, in the Al Day fight as well. That was a close fight. I think he officially lost that fight, but there's a really good case that he beat uh, Al Day, who's not a bad fighter. We saw him on the Contender Series this past season as well. So I think the the market is on the right track with the Castaneda steam. I think that uh, you know I'll probably be down to fade Miles Johns one more time, and uh, you know the the value is probably on uh, sexy Mexi here. So I like uh, Castaneda with the southpaw boxing, and he he should just make this close in the fight. The feet should be a close striking fight. Yeah. Yeah, man, I I love Castaneda in this fight. Uh, if you look, I was high on him even coming into UFC and that Nathaniel Wood fight where I think he was maybe like a three to one underdog. Definitely lost that fight, but I just thought that you know I think some UFC jitters there. He wasn't really getting off all that much, and obviously Nathaniel Wood is a cardio machine, throws out a ton of strikes, and doesn't let you get that comfortable there. So for a UFC debut guy, uh, definitely a tough fight to come into. Uh, but if you looked at it in that Wildland fight much more comfortable there in his stance was uh was able to counter wyland on a number of occasions and you know eventually get him out of there but you just see in the pocket hands are high he's seeing all these shots coming he's clipping you uh in between the shots that you throw and miles johns on the other hand i mean this guy's a chuck and ducker like you know he's throwing 22 laser whatever whatever say say is is saying for overhand rights that's kind of his main offense and it worked against literally the stiffest guy in the UFC, Anderson Dos Santos, where it, he only got more stiff by blowing his leg out uh, via leg kicks uh, early on. And I mean, you, I think there's a great parallel, and it's not only because these guys are Mexican, but between Batista and Castaneda in the style of fight that they're going to bring into into this against Miles Johns. These guys are very movement based, movement centric. Uh, can hit, you know, can hit from with both hands, right? Have power in both hands. You know, have some kicks in their arsenal, um, and just are very, very good uh, with their shot selection. And I think you saw how uncomfortable Miles Johns was versus a guy in Mario Batista who is is not easy for him to tee off on. Uh, I mean, you even see in the Kev Kevin Natividad fight, well, Miles Johns had to grab his glove so he could, you know, line up his his punch. Uh, his uppercut there and I think that Castaneda he's gonna be able to clip this guy uh, in between shots I think he's gonna be able to start getting off on him uh, as the fight wears on obviously the grappling of Miles Johns you haven't seen it that much but he is a very good wrestler um, so I, I'm curious to see does he look to grapple here does he look to take Castaneda down but I think you know this guy being a southpaw coming in here against Miles Johns, I think being able to hit from both stances, throw kicks, mix it up, be in the clinch, just a very well-rounded fighter coming out of a good gym over there with Greg Nelson in Minnesota. Uh, been out for a year improving himself. I don't think he took any time off. Uh, has known about this fight since, like, I think November, uh, more or less. So I think is coming in here. I think this has a good chance to be a really, really good fight. Um, I'd probably lean for it to go over uh, or, or go to distance. And I love the Castaneda by decision prop here so I, I i really like him in this fight i think this fight could be 
you know, closer to a pick em. If this is only a stand-up fight, I mean, it's definitely, uh, you know, the line is definitely off. Uh, so I think Miles Johns will have to rely on that wrestling here. Um, and I don't think that's going to be very easy for him because, you know, uh, Castaneda does look to get up. I do think he has pretty good cardio as well. So I'm looking forward to this fight. But, yeah, Castaneda by decision would be uh, uh, where I'd be leaning. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this the price is kind of assuming that John's going to wrestle. But like you said, if it's striking, uh, it's, it should be 50-50, maybe even an advantage to Castaneda. But I was wrong. Uh, he did apparently shoot uh, a, f a few takedowns against Natividad, but wasn't even able to take Nativi him down. Natividad's awful. And if you, terrible. Yeah, and if you think back to that Cole Smith fight, remember that was a that was really a close grappling close fight. Like, Miles Johns... Miles Johns isn't even that good of a grappler, so I think that uh, you're on the right track with this one. I think Castaneda is pretty brown butter jiu-jitsu too. Yeah. Been training a long time. Twenty-three fights versus you know he's got double almost double the fights that Johns has. Been in a very contentious decisions as well. So man, I think this is a good good dog spot, and the market the market's correct on this one. Still value, I think, at money line. And uh, let's go into move us along to first fight in the main card. We got our boy Juicy J, Juliana Rosa, uh, in the unfamiliar role as the favorite here. Um, looking for this line on uh, best fight odds because for some reason they got it all mixed up. Um, he's like minus 300. He's like minus 300. Uh, yeah, and Steven Peterson plus 255. Uh, I believe it's your turn to start this one off. What are you thinking yeah, about man, this one? Uh, Interesting fight here uh, between two guys, uh, you know, have have a good deal of uh, experience, right? 28 fights for Peterson, you know, 35 fights for uh, Julian Rosa. I mean, I just don't see how you kind of come to this uh, to this price. I guess, um, you know, implied is that I think Julian Rosa maybe looks to grapple here. Um, you know, I like Rosa. I've been on him in plenty of his fights, right? The Jordan. It's, I mean, all four of actually looking back at it, all four of his fights, Woodson. Uh, Nate, uh, Choi, Jordan. I've been on all, him all those times, but this is the time that you get off that train. Um, because Steven Peterson, this guy's crazy tough. Um, you know, I think that fight against uh, Hooper, he was out for two years before that, so you know, he looked a little sluggish there. I don't think that. I, I think that he was kind of focused on getting the win there more than uh, impressing, but very hard to put this guy away. I don't think he's ever been uh, knocked out. He's just lost, or one time he got knocked out. Uh, one time he's lost by decision. Um, but I think this is going to be a great fight overall. I think that uh, how they match up, though, I don't see how you could come to a minus 300 number on Julian when you know his chin has always been a little bit questionable, uh, his kind of where he brings the fight has been a little bit questionable. It's just like usually there are close fights uh, that he's in. But I think this guy is very talented. Obviously, he has good uh, a good array of options in, in his arsenal on the feet, right? He throw he, he has knockouts with flying knees, kicks, punches, um, and he's got a great submission game as well. But I, I just don't see how he's going to overwhelm Steven uh, Peterson here um, other than if he's looking to grapple here right away, which is kind of un, un, uncommon for him. So I just see this uh, being maybe a back and forth fight on the feet, maybe some clinching in here, um, and a Rosa maybe looking to turn up the pressure as the fight goes on. But uh, Peterson, like I said, not, not an easy guy to get out of there. Very good cardio himself. 
I think on the feet, he throws unorthodox shots as well. So that chin of uh, Arosa could get tested uh, again here. And trains with a, a decent camp at Fortis MMA. He's always in there as well. So I think that he's looking to, to kind of keep this win streak going here. And at a plus 250, 275 number, like I don't I don't know how uh, how you're putting in. You know, Obviously, it has to be like parlays and stuff. But I don't know how you can be comfortable with that uh, in a guy with Arosa who's, you know, definitely loses fights uh, often. Uh, you know, as well. And, and yeah, you know, a competent guy in, in Peterson uh, should be, should be a solid matchup for him and definitely no uh, easy walk in the park. Yeah. So we, we love Juicy J on the podcast, right? He's come through as a dog several times, always in exciting fights. Um, but you know, like Ozzy said, this is just a time where you can't be backing him. I mean, he seems like a guy that's like almost physically incapable of covering minus 300. Um, I think he, I, I was looking at the stats yesterday. I think he's had 10 UFC fights and he's been dropped in seven of them. One of them that he wasn't dropped in was the Landwehr fight where he kind of took one knee from a little short shot in the clinch. Um, but this guy just has, you know, a, a very notorious bad chin. Um, and that's always going to be a huge risk factor with him. So right off the bat, that kind of makes him unplayable at minus 300. And I don't really see like a clear path for Steven Peterson, but the guy is, he's decent enough everywhere that I just think he makes this close. I think that um, he's kind of not the typical Fortis MMA fighter. He doesn't really have much athleticism. I think he actually does kind of rely on his skill a little bit more. Um, and the guys, you know, you saw in the chase super fight, you know, he's an intelligent fighter. He knows how to um, avoid those, those grappling positions. He, he was able to avoid, avoid all those those guard pulls the leg locks i mean he just approached that fight in a very smart intelligent way and got the easy victory there um and i think he might have been like what uh, a, a pick him or something like that in that fight i mean just crazy line in retrospect because he won you know all three rounds really easily um, so, you know, not much to say about this fight other than it's it's dog or pass. You can't be trusting Erosa at this price. I mean, I think minus 200 would be more accurate. So, I mean, there is a good amount of value on Peterson. Um, I can't see like a crystal clear path for him. I just, like I said, think he makes this close everywhere. Uh, maybe he's able to get some top position time in the, these grindy clinch grappling si situations. And um, yeah, that's about it. That's about enough. Uh, I mean, Peterson I think no uh, scorecards is pretty, I think, it's plus 200. That's a crazy price, man. I don't, I don't understand this. Yeah, I mean the whole. What is the the ghost? Like, yeah, I mean, rare, a rare chance where it goes a distance could be a, a spot here. You know, Erosa's fights are are you know intrinsically not goes the distance type of fights, but I think this is a uh, a fight that I could see actually going to the cards. Because, uh, like you said, Peterson's pretty tough. Erosa usually thrives uh, on getting those finishes in chaotic fights, and I feel like this fight has the chance to be like a little more tame of a pace than the typical Erosa matchup. Um, well, that's enough about that one. That should be a fun fight. Uh, next fight is in the middleweight division, the fight that was supposed to be for the tough finale. We got Treshawn Gore making his UFC debut as the minus 150 favorite. Brian Battle plus 130 here. And you know, another fun matchup, Brian Battle, uh, he is a guy who, you know, kind of thrives on maybe getting beat up early, not looking so great early, but he has good cardio. He knows how to stay in fights. He has a pretty good will not to to, to quit and whatnot, but rewatching his fight against Urbina, I mean, he looked fucking terrible. I mean, he, he got hurt with some punches early on. He got taken down. I mean, he lost almost every second of that fight up until the point where Urbina just completely gassed out. Battle got a, a, a back take and he just easily gave up the rear Nikachu. You could see that Urbina was just completely done there. And, you know, 
with Gore being less experienced, only three pro fights, his two uh, tough fights, I think you can look at you know the fights against Urbina, uh, the how they played out. I mean, Gore easily won his fight. You know, picked him apart with strikes, dropped him multiple times. Just an extremely clean performance from Gore, while Battle just looked just awful in that fight at every phase in the grappling and the striking and the defense. Uh, I mean, I, I did some refresh in my memory of uh, battles uh, pre UFC fights. He fought this guy, Ben Fowler, which was uh, February 6, 2021. So less than a year ago, we're coming up on the year and this was Ben Fowler's MMA debut. And he was going toe to toe with Brian battle, landing strikes, kicking his legs, jabbing them, landing punches. I mean, I just think that battle has no concept of defense whatsoever and just eats strikes. So I think that the light kick, the jab, the straight punches of Gore are going to be there and Gore is going to get out to an early lead here. It's just a matter of, uh, does he, you know, have sustained cardio to be able to pick him apart from multiple rounds or will maybe, Gore overextend himself a little bit, get tired, and then battle will be, will be able to come back in rounds two or three. But I'm pretty confident that Gore is going to be able to win round one here. He's going to be landing that hard leg kick, um, that that good jab of his. Gore's strike selection is pretty basic. It's what I just mentioned: uh, jab, one two, leg kick. But he throws those strikes crisp. He's got some power behind him. He doesn't do too much on the feet. While battle just kind of doesn't do anything really well. Although he might be the better grappler, but you know. I've I've seen decent enough things from Gore's takedown defense. He stuffed some shots from uh, that dude uh, Newman on the Contender series. Um, so I, I think Gore will will win this one. I think he's just which right. who uh, yeah, uh, the Newman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but he showed some decent takedown instincts. So yeah, I think Gore. I think Gore will probably outstrike him here. I don't know if he's gonna finish okay. him or what. So but what do you I, think? I like this fight. You know, I was disappointed when it dropped off uh, the first time. I don't remember. I, was it lined? I don't know if we could even find what the line was before. Yeah, maybe they. Wasn't I don't think it was. Yet. But um, yeah, I mean, I think this is a pretty interesting fight overall. I think both these guys are are. are decent like okay prospects as in i do think they're they'll be able to pick up some wins in the ufc um you know gore i, I mean just i don't know i feel like he's like a weird guy like i mean yeah this guy's you know hyping himself up he's saying hey man like i'm coming here for, to get the belt like i'm the truth like i'm a fucking killer like this dude's not better than me so i mean let's see let's see it i want to see it first because I mean, Gilbert Urbina, I mean, both did, obviously they beat him. Um, Gilbert Urbina just, I mean, was just walking into too many things there in that fight. Like, it was just very odd, you know, how he approached the fight. But like you said, I mean, Gore, he's got some good leg kicks. He doesn't really look to push the pace of the fight all that much. Like, you know, in that in that uh, tough fight against that dude Newman, I mean, he could have finished Newman. Like, his coaches were like, come on, go hit him. Go, like, go, go, go after him. And he wasn't really doing it all that much. Um, so I think that, the same thing could play out here um, where where maybe, you know, you think that he's going to really start off really strongly and all that. But then he gets in there and, you know, he's looking against a guy, you know, in battle that you know, I don't know if he respects him or not. But I just think that he could get a, off to a little sore start than anticipated. And if if or when that does happen, you know, I actually like Brian Battle's game. I think he's a guy who is a notorious uh, soul starter. I think he's a guy who's able to chip away at you. He's competent in a number of areas. Um, I don't think I think that Gore's game plan is for sure going to be on the feet. Um, and I think if it's grappling at all, like, yeah, Gore's, Gore's not a, the worst grappler. 
he has, you know, some wrestling. He has, you know, he trains with the Lima brothers, uh, his jiu-jitsu. I think it's like a purple belt. But I think that um, battle actually is, is a bit better in the grappling realm, in the clinch areas, you know, in those parts. So I think if he's able to stay in this fight, I just think down the stretch, you know, as, as this fight goes later on, uh, I think that he's going to be able to start pulling away from from Gore. We're seeing some 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 action come in on uh, on on uh, battle as well. I think, you know, he's down to plus 130 in mo most places. Um, and I just... I, I kind of like Brian Battle's game overall. Like, I can't tell you exactly why or, like, I don't know. It's, like, I, it's, it's, it's a strange thing. Like, I was on him for that Urbina fight, but I just feel that he's going to be uh, – present a fight to gore that's a little bit uncomfortable for him you know you haven't really seen gore uh too much adversity never been to, i mean it's been a third round i guess one time in his career um whereas battle has actually a five round fight uh under his belt both young guys both guys that are competent in a lot of areas you know i, I i'd probably favor this fight to go later on uh, as well. So I probably lean to in that direction, but I'm going to pick Brian battle here. I think that he's going to be able to stay in this fight. He's not going to give Gore the opportunities to land those big up, uh, big punches uh, and, you know, uh, start, start getting into the fight and uh, winning a decision uh, at, at the end of the night. Yeah, I'm not confident in Gore myself, but I, I just think I am pretty confident that Battle will be a better live bet. I think you're going to be able to get him plus 200 or something after round one. So I would I would wait to see how it goes for a little bit before before getting in on Battle. Um, and uh, that's going to do it for that fight. We're going to move on to the next fight. Uh, short notice fight up a weight class uh, for these guys. This is fighting at light heavyweight. Uh, we got Brendan Allen. As uh, the large favorite, minus 425. Smiling Sam Alvey still chugging along, plus 325. It was supposed to be Alvey versus Phil Hawes. Uh, Hawes' teammate, Brendan Allen, jumps in. And, uh, you know, Sam Alvey still chugging along in the UFC. He hasn't won a fight in six or seven fights, but he's still here. Yeah, so, what, uh, what happened in, uh, in, in Brendan Allen's last fight, uh, John? What, what happened there? Oh, we got in some great live yeah, bets on, on did, Chris yeah. Curtis there. Uh, you did, know, We did, yeah. Chris Curtis tweeted out about that last night. Chris Curtis uh, was like a bigger dog after round one than he was oh, yeah. uh, before the fight. And, you know, I still have high, high hopes for Brendan Allen. He will be the future future middleweight champion at some point. He's just going through a little bit okay, of, a, okay, of a rough yeah. patch right now. Um, but he's going to – Okay, let's see. I mean, yet. so so we got Brendan Allen here. I mean, you know, for me, I'm a guy who – I mean, I, I – like I said, I sell fighters, I buy fighters, you know, as they go along. But my future projection or how I look look at them does not change all that much. It kind of changed matchup to matchup. So the Puna fight, I was like, man, Brandon Allen for sure. You know, this guy's got three-round cardio. He's got a decent chin maybe, you know. Uh, Puna never knocks anyone out after the first round. But then in that Curtis fight, you got to sell, you know, him there. So, I mean, Allen... You know, I, I just, he's not that good of a grappler, I think. You know, his wrestling is not that great. Um, I don't think his cardio is actually, you know, that amazing where he's able to chase that, that grappling, you know, all that much. And a lot of these guys that he's been beating are guys that are a little bit more inexperienced, right? Like, you know, Dawkins, which that was a barn burner. Dawkins should have definitely won that fight. It was really disappointing. You know, Brendan Allen, Brendan Allen, I'm saying he should have no. won the fight in terms of, he should have won the fight. Oh, okay. Not, oh, the decision. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck about the decision. He didn't deserve it. Okay, Brendan Allen it. lands a great, a good knee in the first round, and that kind of changed the fight. But after that, I mean, Dawkins, I, I, if they rematch, I will put a bomb on 
Kyle Dawkins in there. But anyway, comes in that Sean Strickland fight, thinks he's a striker, gets absolutely lit up, like, insanely. Um, The Carl Roberson fight, he goes to the grappling. But even there, he, his grappling is not that effective. Like, Roberson hands him a leg lock. You know, the Puna fight, I don't know. My point being is, if this is a stand-up fight, like, why wouldn't you be on Sam Alvey at plus, you know, 325, whatever it is now? You know, Alvey has notoriously been a pretty hard guy to take down and hold down. You know, obviously, I know that Marquez is able to finish him there. But, I mean, this dude finds the chin always, right? The Dunn Jump fight drops him or has a crazy fight with him. The the Ryan Spam fight, crazy fight with him. You know, the Jim, the uh, uh, Noguera fight. I, mean, I don't know. Like, this dude always finds a chin on guys. Southpaw guy as well. Brendan Allen, he does have that experience from that Puna fight. He's going to be throwing these body kicks uh, at Sam Alvey, but he's not bringing anything that uh, Alvey is uh, is unaccustomed to. Uh, Alvey has the experience at 205. And Brendan Allen, I think he needs to, he needs takedowns. He needs grappling to be able to 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 look good at this number that uh, you'd have to bet him at. He's talking about jet lag. I don't know what time it is. All this stuff like built-in excuses. I think he thinks this might be an easy fight. I don't know how he's going to approach it, but I, there's no way I would even ever consider like that thought wouldn't even come to my brain to bet on Brendan Allen at any juice like this. Like this is a guy you bet on him as an underdog. You bet on him when you know that he has a big grappling advantage or is going to to hit takedowns. And even though Sam Alvey's not that great, like it's been pretty hard to take this guy down in the clinch and all that. So um, I'm siding with Sam Alvey here. I'm going to pick him out right. Brendan Allen, I think I think he might be out of the UFC in a few fights. So yeah, give me Sam Alvey at this fat, fat, fat dog number. Nah, nah, he'll be he'll be top There's ten no in a few fights. This that is guy a you know 10. easy zero chance. Zero easy chance. stepping stone. Easy. Well, after the Puna fight, oh, you would have said that he could have been, but he just ran Puna in. He just ran into it. Never went court. outside the first round. I mean, I'll I'll get to him later because I actually do like him. Nah, he beat Jamie Pickett. He beat Jamie Pickett. Um, to be fair, Dude, Puna Jamie was Pickett. eight and zero against um, a guy who is like twenty fights in and. I don't know. Like Puna's bouncing back tonight on Saturday, but anyway, Puna's like the 40th ranked um, middleweight too, dude. Yeah, I mean, I I think that Allen would be pretty foolish to go for takedowns here. I mean, I just think what? that he could, but he could outstrike. I think I you that's what, that's what you said. You I said that Alvin's hard to take down. Oh, oh boy. Oh, yeah, boy. definitely for sure. If he wants to strike, if he wants to strike with Curtis and he wants to strike with um, Puna and all the and Strickland, he's not gonna you know switch it up and go back Alvey's to grappling not a great in this grappler. fight. That's the thing. Like you would look at him, you're like, hey, this guy's not a great grappler. Let me take him down. Yeah, once he gets on the floor, yeah, that's true. Um, and you know, I guess he did go for an early takedown on Curtis, but wasn't able to really hold him there. Um, but. Uh, you know, Alvy, I just, I just think he, he's too slow, too old. He's too low volume to, to win this fight. I mean, if you're going to play him, play him by knockout because I just think that Allen's going to be putting up striking volume. Uh, he's not gonna, he's not gonna lose striking rounds with the volume to Sam Alvey. He's just not. Um, that's why Sam Alvey has been on the wrong side of so many close decisions in his past few fights is because the guy just doesn't have tenacity. He doesn't come forward. He doesn't throw a high amount of strikes. And uh, Allen's going to put up more volume than him. So Allen does have a little bit of a suspect chin. You know, um, Strickland put him out with some soft punches. Strickland's not a hard hitter. Uh, Curtis did, you know, put him put him down bad with that nasty body shot to the, the right hook combo. Um, um, but 
I just don't think that uh, that Allen can win this fight anyway. Besides knockout, so if you're playing him, you might as well pl- take the extra few uh, few dollars on the knockout plus six fifty or something like that. Uh, but I'm um, I think Allen should just cruise to a decision here. Um, you know, hopefully he wa- all he has to do is watch out for that one punch, the check right hook from Sam Mouthpiece is his only punch. So um, I, I think my boy Brett and Allen's getting back on track. Uh, it would be it would be really less dep- than twenty five really percent for a stand up kickboxing fight against Brendan Allen. That's crazy. That's nuts. And they think that this is actually knock him out. You think Allen's going to knock Sam Alvey out? I don't see it, dude. Has he ever? That's the most. Well, it's not. No, it's, no, it's not true. Over submission. It's not favored. No, Allen sub. Allen sub is plus no, 230. Not. Knockout is plus 300. No, it's but not, it's dude, close distinction. Bet online. Whatever. Bet online is plus yeah, 300. I'm, I'm looking at it right now. For knockout, and then the I'm sub is plus, plus two thirty, so it's lower. I'm looking at plus three hundred. sub is more likely. Submission plus two twenty five, uh, knockout. But either way, dude, this guy's not knocking. This guy's. I need to re. I'm refreshing. I need to refresh. And then Allen's got no KO power. Oh yeah, I was looking. I'm looking at. I'm looking at. Uh, I'm looking at. Uh, well, bro, Julian Marquez was rocking this Julian man with shots. Julian Marquez sucks, and he was he easily. Brendan Allen's never. Brendan he, Allen he's American. Come never on now. Never knocked a guy out on the feet. I don't think ever. Mary Larry Crow. Excuse me. My bad. He's never yeah, hurt someone with a punch. Yeah, in the I UFC. mean, I, it, it has more ever. like more big. I mean, I don't. I don't think he's That's gonna. Crazy. I don't think he's gonna knock. What's his face out? Jump, I mean, wait, Don Don John would strikes on on Alvy, in a, and in he wasn't knocking him out. And this is that. That's not the argument too. here. I'm saying that. I'm saying that Alvy was able to eat. I'm Brandon saying they, the, no exactly. So let me five. finish. Alvy was right. able to eat the strikes. Okay, so Alvy was able to eat the strikes from Dion Jung, so he's probably not going to get knocked out. I agree. Um, but on the, uh, I think he'll probably get hurt. Allen will take him down. He'll find a finish on the mat. Um, so Brendan Allen back on track, champion by 2024. I'd say. Okay, let, that's enough of that. Um, welterweight fight. Now we got the blue chip prospect fight. Um, really excited for this one. We got Shavkat Rachmanov minus two twenty one, Carlton Harris plus one eighty six, and ahead, I'm gonna go just ahead, start go this one off. I think it's my turn, and um, you know, really, really good matchup, right? You know, both these guys have ha- have had promising starts to their UFC career. Both of them finishing both uh, their both opponents, um, and you know, both of them look really good. I think you got to kind of do a little more deep digging on this one to you know watch some fights before the UFC um, because both guys have just had relatively one-way traffic in their UFC fights. So you got to kind of dig back a few years, watch some of their old fights and see what their real weaknesses are. And, um, I do think the Shavkat is like the cleaner striker. They're like the cleaner overall, more polished fighter. Uh, but Harris is definitely got the athleticism advantage. The dude doesn't really have clean boxing, but the dude just has hammers for fists and it works. You know, you know, I wouldn't, I would not have thought that he would be hurting in Pukasaganai on the feet with strikes, but you know, he put him out in round one. Um, so the dude just has bricks for hands. And I think he probably does have more power than Shavkat. Um, in terms of, of grappling, um, you know, I'd say Harris might be the better offensive grappler, but I've seen a little bit better defensive grappling for Rachmanov. So if Harris is attempting takedowns here, I think that I do kind of trust Shavkat to, to stay uh, off bottom, to stuff some shots here and, uh, you know, keep this one on the feet. But if it's on the feet, I think that Harris has a great chance at, you know, leveraging his athleticism, his power to maybe hurt Shavkat with some shots here. And, um, 
Shavkat got hurt and rocked real badly versus Odilov uh, not that long ago. Um, so the guy can be hurt and his chin is not, you know, uncrackable. Um, so I, I think that Harris is the side here. I mean, I just think it's crazy that Shavkat is over two to one against another really solid fighter in uh, in Carlton Harris. I mean, it's crazy to think of the odds shift in this one. I mean, he was uh, at one point uh, a pick him or a. Yeah, pick him versus Christian Aguilera a year ago, and then now he's over you got two that to one versus you got that Carlton backwards. Harris, a dangerous athletic you got fighter who you got, can fight on the feet and backwards. on the floor. So give me Carl, Harris was a pick him versus Aguilera. What did I say? I think you might have meant that he was a pick him against Oliveira. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. That's true. Um. So yeah, okay, no, Shep I was just Kyle, completely discombobulated there. Was but regardless, um, I like Carlton Alex Oliveira, and now against a guy who's kind of kind of similar to, to yeah, him, I bet Oliveira there higher ceiling maybe he's a two to one favorite. But go ahead, continue. Sorry. No, no, yeah, I'm, man, I'm all so, done. I, I, mean, I like Harris. Here Harris for, uh, small one of my bet. biggest bets ever was that Pickham Price that you mentioned against Chris, uh, Aguilera had like, I mean, tons of units on him by submission, the works. Um, and, you know, I like him as a prospect. I backed him again against Impa as well. Um, and this is just a guy, tons of experience uh, versus very, very battle tested guys, um, you know, and he usually gets the finish, but he also has, you know, found a way to win a few decisions. He's just battle tested, man. And, you know, Shavkat. He was a guy, I, I didn't get a great read on him. I definitely passed against uh, Michelle Pereira, uh, per, uh, per, whatever his name is, Parzeris. Per um, you know, no action there. You know, and then the Oliveira fight was a little bit, you know, weird. It was, you know, one of those Abu Dhabi fights. And there was some circumstances around Oliveira. Although, when isn't there some shit going on with Cowboy Oliveira? Um, but I, I did hear a lot of guys, you know, I think specifically Nick Kalikas. He, he was telling me, he's like, man, this guy's serious. This Shafkat dude, you know, watch out for him. I think he's legit. Um, and, you know, he definitely went out there and, and, and did his thing there and finished by submission. Um, but I don't think that he's going to really want to grapple all that much with uh, Harris. Um, I I am curious about this uh, this over under that's minus one forty now. Obviously, Shavkat he's finished everyone he's fought, um, and Harris is also a potent finisher that does get it off to a fast start. But I do potentially see these guys, you know, maybe closing the distance on each other, testing some of that grappling uh, as well. But I do think I, I think that uh, Harris, you know, will be able to escape some of the submissions or some of the stuff that Shafkat will throw out at, at him and uh, look to maybe claw back uh, into this fight. He's an awkward striker on the feet. I think that. He, he's going to be able to pose uh, Shavkat some some problems there, uh, you know, throwing un unexpected strikes, you know, in, in different sequences uh, and then and then looking to close the distance, get to the clinch or get, you know, some double leg takedowns or whatever, whatever his preferred uh, avenue is there. So, you know, I mean, at this uh, big plus number here, I, I think this is just I, I have mentioned this before, but in, in a semblance of like power rankings and like kind of like how you're pricing guys this is price of shavka at a very you know high high echelon high high spot in the division and you just can't be that sure um of of him being there against a guy who's as competent as well put together as composed as carlson harris 
So I, I think you have to lean his way there. Uh, so, so I think a pre pre fight money line bet on him is definitely the 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 smart play here. Um, you know, Shavkat. I think if he does get a finish here, I think it's more likely to be by knockout. Um, you know, Harris is not the epitome of striking at all. He he's not very focused on defense. Uh, he's a little bit stiff as well. Um, you know, I think I think Shavkat can land some of these more traditional strikes on him and and, and some counters here. So I, I look I look at that area if I was to back Shavkat. Obviously, since he has never won a decision, but but, you know, I'll, I'll definitely be on uh, Carlson Harris here um, at, at his money line price, and you know, maybe even looking at uh, his submission prop uh, instead at five to one, five and a half to one. So, yeah, um, I don't know if you mentioned it already, but I, I'm um, we got Harris is six and one in decisions, and uh, Shavka has never I even been in a round three in his entire career. Season. So, and he's seven and three. Uh, Harris seven and three in decisions. Um, and I mean, I think some of he lost a split decision to 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 uh, two split decisions. So I mean, Harris is a good fighter, man. That's why I backed him heavily in that um in that fight against uh, Aguilera. He's got wins over Michelle Pereira, Wellington Terman, right? Uh, a guy who's a, a middleweight now. His one loss that he had against uh, uh Jahara, whatever. He's in a, that guy's gonna be in, in in PFL. So I mean, this this is a big price to pay, you know, for Shavkat. So definitely keep him out of parlays, man, and. I'm gonna be back in uh, Harris for some good dollars here. Maybe looking at a no scorecards play and uh, hoping that he gets the job done. But I'm I'm curious to see if if it does go into uh, deeper waters. Yeah, really good fight. Probably one of the better fights in the card. Um, really looking forward to that yeah. one. That's gonna take us co-main yeah. event. Insane, <laughs> insane that this fight is the co-main event. Um. I mean, honestly, we could have put a few of these other fights as co-main instead, but whatever. We got Puna Soriano, minus 185, Nick Maximoff, plus 160. Man, Nick Maximoff yeah. in a UFC co-main event. What I is mean, the world just ridiculous stuff. You know, Maximoff, I mean, he gets into UFC. Yeah. I mean, go watch that contender series fight, guys. I mean, just insane. He fights that heavyweight. I mean, UFC's really leaning into this, just like, you know, strange matchups and stuff like that, but whatever, you know. That, that fight against Brundage, Brundage was in there on a little bit short notice. You know, he was scheduled to fight like two weeks uh, after that, but uh, had to make the cut down to 185, I think, for like the second time there. And just, I don't know, he just did not fight to his strengths very well. Like, it, it was just a strange fight by him. Um, you know, in, in the later rounds when he was able to, to tire out Maximov, like, he shoots like a takedown. I don't remember if it's in like the second or the third round and, and allows Maximov to, to counter-wrestle him. You know, Maximov is like your classic guy. For people that, I don't know if you ever follow NCAA wrestling, but, you know, you have wrestlers that are, like, um, you know, really good on their feet, right? They're, they're really good at getting takedowns, double legs, single legs, whatever. And then you got guys who are more uh, mat wrestlers. They're, they're better at riding. Uh, they're better, you know, like Dayton Fix. Dayton Fix is good on the feet as well. But guys that are just, they're heavy on top, man. They're putting those hooks in on you. They're wrist riding you. They're they're tilting you. They're, they're putting you down on the hip. And that's that's what I see Mick, Nick Maximov more as. Like, he's not a great takedown artist on the feet. You see that. He's, like, crawling on his knees all the time, hugging legs, hu hugging kneecaps, kissing kissing shoelaces, uh, and doesn't really finish takedowns emphatically. And that's always something that I've looked at for prospects, you know, something that I try to focus on when I was, uh, you know, fighting myself. You got to be able to put guys down emphatically without too much issue so they can't just spring up and get back up uh, onto the feet. 
now and and you kind of see that with the meta of how grappling has gone where you see these guys you know tying up the legs right like almeida does or khabib does right tying up the legs keeping those you know keeping those knees uh, you know pinched together and all those kind of things so you know maximov focuses more on that uh uh for sure so once he does get you on the ground uh, he has a lot of success keeping you there, right? You're not really moving all that much from under him, or he's able to kind of progress positions to the back and positions like that. But now in the matchup against Puna, who has got pretty good stand-up, I feel like this guy just finds the chin on people very often. Even in that Brendan Allen fight, if you see in every round, he connects big on Brendan Allen. He hits him clean, you know, in the chin, and right? And I think that probably contributed to people thinking that Brendan Allen had a little bit better of a chin that he actually does have. Um, so, so you know, he he found that in every round, even when he was a little bit more tired in the second and third rounds. You see him; he's still cracking them pretty hard. Um, I've never really seen Maximov take uh, cl too many clean shots. I do think that um, Puna has the ability to kind of get out of these takedowns like quickly. Brundage was letting Maximov hang on him, you know, tie him up, hold him, you know, uh, limp arm out of, you know, right, go for a, a, a single leg limp arm out, get behind him, all those things. I think that. Puna better at disengaging completely. He's got a wrestling background himself. He he wrestled D3 at a, a D3 school in Iowa, which, you know, D3, whatever. But, you know, the, the program did, was uh, were national champions uh, for like two or three years consecutively while Puna was there. So I like him here, uh, you know, just to, to be able to, to, to hit Maximov, put him into a fight that he's never really been in too much with a guy putting up, putting real damage on him. Uh, and I, I just hope that this price comes in a little bit more because I, I would hate to back Puna in a, an, again in a fight against a guy who has good conditioning uh, and, you know, that starts to weigh on Puna later on if he's uh, forced to uh, wrestle and grapple a lot. But I, I, I don't mind this money line price that much, but obviously I'd like, I like like Nick or Nate have him get him into Vegas, right? Nick loves Vegas. Get Nick to Vegas. Have him tweet out a ticket on his boy, and you know, get me like minus one sixty on uh, on Puna. Yeah, a lot of good points there. I, I'm not impressed with Maximov at all. I mean, first his striking. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever seen the guy land like a hard strike on the feet. Uh, I mean, he's just not a striker. Um, and even his grappling, I feel like his takedowns are kind of telegraphed. Um, and I mean, the Brundage fight, uh, I mean, he, he did an okay job stuffing the takedowns there. Um, just a really confusing game plan. Like he, he kind of got away with the, the, you know, stuff and takedowns in round one. And then he starts round two, shoots a takedown of his own and then ends up getting reversed and gets controlled for that entire round. Round three, Maximov is trying to, for takedowns the entire time, just failing the entire round, eating strikes. And it was an easy Brundage round. I really feel like Brundage with a different game plan could win that fight. Um, but that's, that's a different, you know, different subject, but, um, uh, I'm just not impressed with Maximov's game, uh, his wrestling. Uh, he does have pretty good jujitsu, but um, just getting the fight down to the floor, uh, disguising the takedowns behind some strikes, his his physicality, not impressed with his, his cardio kind of let him down in round three versus Brundage. And I just think he's going to need a three-round heavy wrestling approach to, to beat Puna here. I don't think that Puna 
uh, is going to get taken down easily. We haven't seen him face really any takedowns or any grappling. His entire defensive grappling is a, is a big question mark. But like Gazi was saying, the guy did come from a collegiate background, a collegiate wrestling background. I think he's not going to be phased uh, by some of these weak telegraph single leg entries from Maximov. And as long as he doesn't make any like drastic errors in the in the wrestling and you know give up his back and get choked, I think even if he gets taken down once or twice, he he should have enough uh, time room to get up, land some strikes, and. I mean, he's going to be landing 100% of the hard strikes in this fight. Maximov is just incapable of landing hard strikes in the feet. So Soriano is probably going to be butchering him on the feet here. And uh, I think he's going to get the knockout, um, you know, probably in like the second round or something. Uh, Maximov is going to get hit early on, maybe, you know, take a knee, sit down, and uh, get eventually finished off in the second come in, man. round here. So Let's I like Puna I'll bet, uh, by knockout. I'll bet, I'll bet good money on Puna, but... That minus 185, I don't know. Like, that's like a tricky, that's a tricky uh, range right there. I don't know. What do you feel? Would you, would you back him at 185? Yeah. Where would I mean, you back the, him? Um, yeah, I'd like 170. I'd like 170 if we got there. I mean, 65%, that does, that does sound pretty, I mean, that does sound pretty accurate. I got, fuck it. We'll enjoy it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Or 185, too. I think it's, I think you're not going to get another opportunity. If he gets like molly whopped here, you're not getting another, another shot at this. Like, yeah. This dude's like Relax. a chubby Pete Relax. Davidson. I'm telling you, look at these. Pete, Pete Davidson's the goat. There's no disparaging Pete Davidson here, all right? No, no, no. You just. I'm not, I, fu- I fuck with. I fuck with Pete. He's I don't fuck with Nick. Davidson's the boy. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah the, yes. King yes. of Staten. King of Staten Island. Great movie. Um, so that's going to take us along main event time. Uh, pretty fun one here. We got uh, Sean Strickland minus 205, Jack Hermanson plus 175. And, um, you know, I. I just feel like if you look at Strickland's middleweight run, the guy has just had a very, very easy run. I mean, uh, Marshman, Jocko Hall, those guys are, are, you know, just not high level opponents. You know, Brendan (laughs) Allen is obviously an elite win. But uh, I just feel like the guys, I feel like the guys had like no adversity. Like what is his biggest adversity that he's faced at middleweight? I, I truly don't know. I mean, he boxed Marshman's ears off for the entire fight. Same thing. I mean, I really think the guys had almost no problems come his way in his middleweight career. And he's going to be facing, I think, his first, you know, real high level middleweight here. Um, a guy who is uh, a multifaceted threat. I mean, Jack is a uh, a decent solid striker. I mean, he's got a nice jab. He can throw some good leg kicks. Um, but you know, he really thrives in the grappling. Uh, the guy's a good wrestler and just has, you know, great jujitsu, great ground and pound. I mean, uh, you remember a few fights back. Some people have probably forgot about it because it was a few years ago, but I mean, he had a, a run of just ferocious ground and pound in his fights. Um, the Talos latest, the Gerald Mearshart. I mean, just look at the way he ran through Gerald Mearshart. Um, so don't forget that that Hermanson is, you know, probably an elite grappler. And I think that he knows that this fight is going to favor him in the grappling. Um, you know, Strickland, even though he's he has ugly boxing, you know, he leans his head straight back. He gets jabbed pretty easily. He doesn't have good defense, um, but he does put up a high striking volume. He walks forward. He throws a lot of punches. So uh, Strickland is going to be uh, the better striker in this matchup. But I think Jack is well aware that that's the case. He's going to know that he needs to get this fight to the floor. And we haven't really seen Strickland's takedown defense tested uh, in a long time. The last time it was really tested was quite McGee. It did hold up pretty well there. He didn't officially get taken down, but 
rewatching that fight, I'm seeing some of the positions that he got in. I'm seeing Cork get deep in on the legs, deep in on some shots. Strickland was able to prevent the takedowns there, but against a bigger, you know, athletic guy in Jack, uh, a guy who's got, you know, great jujitsu, who's got some, got some creative ways to get the fight to the floor. You know, he'll pull guard, pull a leg lock. He'll be able to transition the fight to the floor in a lot of different ways. I feel like Hermanson's going to get some positions here. I feel like he's not going to just get out box for 25 minutes straight. He's going to go for broke. He's going to shoot some takedowns. And I think at some points in the fight, we're going to see Jack on top. And that likely is going to mean he's going to win the round. I think that um, he obviously has the, the top game to keep him down. But if you watch Strickland, the last time we seen him on bottom, and I know it's not really a completely fair comparison, but it was against Kamara Usman, and he did get stuck on bottom for multiple minutes in that fight. So I feel like Strickland has a, a good layer of initial takedown defense, like on the feet. But once you get him down, he's not the type of guy to scramble back up to his feet. He's not really you know, smooth in those wrestling positions. So if he does get taken down here, I see him getting stuck on bottom for a few minutes and probably losing rounds. And like I said, I, we just haven't seen this guy face any adversity at middleweight. So what's it going to look like when he loses his first round at middleweight? And, you know, I think that uh, I like Jack Hermanson here as a dog. Um, he's still available plus 195 on, uh, on bet MGM. That's what I bet him a few days ago. Um, I mean, Strickland's a bigger favorite than he was against Uriah Hall. Um, and Uriah Hall, no takedown, no grappling threat whatsoever. He's a low-volume striker, and we didn't learn anything new about Sean Strickland in that fight, aside from the fact that he does have uh, five-round cardio. But you could have made that assumption anyway. He's ha always had good cardio. So I just think I, I like the grittiness, the toughness, the cardio, the grappling of uh, the Swede here, and uh, I'll be picking him uh, to get the upset victory. I think he's going to grapple his way to uh, possibly a, a late finish uh, yeah, decision win uh, at the, at the know, least. I so I like Jack. Fight, honestly, man, like, you know, I think people will complain about ufc main events all the time but i i love this fight man i think this is some, this is gonna be a great fight i think it's very deserved to be five rounds I, th I could see either of these guys actually you know fighting for the title to be honest like you know um obviously the, the the strength of competition you know very very different right you know obviously jack has fought you know five round fights before he's fought vittori cannoneer kelvin you know a bunch of guys that have fought for the title or, or been you know perennial top five guys um, you know, I loved him against that, uh, against, uh, Edmund, uh, in his last fight, uh, you know, he started off a little slow, but then you saw, you know, you know, you saw him, uh, put his game plan to work and Sean Strickland, you know, in that last fight against Uriah Hall, I think some of the, um, faults that I thought were, were going to be there in terms of, you know, Sean just being too available to be hit just because he wants to put out a lot of that volume. You saw it pop up a few times where, Sean's throwing a bunch of these punches and Uriah Hall just sits down and, you know, throws one, you know, one super big shot back and it hits Sean, but Sean has shown a very, very good chin here at, uh, here at middleweight, right? Even Brendan Allen, when he was hitting him, you know, Uriah Hall, like the, 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 the shots weren't really phasing him as much as I thought they would. And I think that Hermanson, you know, he'll be in the pocket, like he'll shell up, he'll kind of roll with punches. He's, he's been pretty hard to finish or, or to really hurt all that much other than Vittori kind of making him look bad from that softball stance and that uh, uppercut that he got clipped with uh, by Cannoneer. But I mean, I've been going back and forth on this fight uh, uh, quite a bit just because I do like uh, Hermanson when he does get on top. I do think he does some really, really good things uh, when he is on top to both control guys and also look to advance the positions. But there are some moments where 
he he's a little bit overzealous, right? Like, you know, he 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 knows that he has either spent a lot of energy to get the takedown, or he knows that this is really a great opportunity for him. So you saw that in that um uh Shabazian fight on I think one or two times Shabazian's able to to get up and reverse position and get back to his feet. You see against Vittoria he does hit a takedown but Vittoria is able to scoot his hips around scoot his hips out you see in that Kelvin Gaslam fight they're in the clinch and Jack is like he's kind of like charging up he's like oh I'm gonna throw this guy I'm gonna throw this guy and he gets fucking launched by Kelvin Gaslam but is able to, to to get to the heel hook and Sean Strickland I do think some of his I was a little bit more skeptical early on about his counter wrestling how good it is like what but in that uh last fight against Uriah Hall he hit some 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 reactive takedowns in there a bit that I thought were good instincts and I just think that Jack he's actually not that great of a defensive grappler because guy and you don't see it that much because guys don't really want to go to the ground with Jack right so they they don't really look to, to to get takedowns and stuff like that but I do feel if these guys get in in close and especially later on as this fight goes uh potentially Sean Strickland is able actually to to get on top himself and when he is on top I think this guy has some sleeper jiu-jitsu I, I kind of mentioned I think in that Uriah Hall fighter at some point that Strickland actually started off at Sequence uh, Jiu-Jitsu, which is the gym that is owned by Johnny Munoz's uh, father. So his original base is Jiu-Jitsu, even though he wants to talk about other stuff. Like, he's trained a lot of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, um, and I think that he will be just fine if he's on top of Jack. Obviously, you don't want to be under him, but I think that he's actually able to scramble up a little bit better than uh, people are giving him credit for, obviously, um, against Usman. You know, that didn't happen, but he was cutting tons of weight to make 170. You know, he he was, I mean, going against a guy in, in Usman who obviously a stud wrestler in his own right. You know, these, both these guys are super experienced. You know, I think the biggest, bigger thing for me to look at is, is this fight going to finish early? Is like, is he going to be able to get to Jack or is Jack going to finish him? Or are we going to continue this main event over streak? So I'm kind of leaning towards uh, Strickland by decision here. I wouldn't be surprised at a later finish, uh, but I do think this fight goes later on. I do think that there will be some clinching in this fight. But similar thing to Maximov that I mentioned with that I mentioned with Jack is some of these takedowns that he hits are not that explosive, take, very explosive. Like he's getting a single leg and he's like you know hitting good transitions once he gets to the leg, but it, it, it's not finishing that 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 seamlessly and. Uh, Taking down and holding down Edmund Shabazian, I give like not that I give no credit for that, but that's why I back Jack heavily there because I knew Edmund's an absolute fish off his back, not a real fighter, no like had no fire in him. Whereas Sean Strickland's complete opposite. But like I said, I fucking love this fight. I think the, both these guys are studs. I think both these guys, you know, could could hold the title, could give you know some guys a run for their money at the top of the division. But I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Sean Strickland here. I think that he gets his done later on in the fight. I think he's gonna be able to just keep touching Jack, making him making Jack uncomfortable. Um, but I hope that he's healthy too, because you know he he was mentioning he's a little beat up. He's got you know he's Russian dudes all you know Shark tanking him. So I hope he didn't overtrain for this. But I do think he's gonna be able to touch Jack up with the jab. I'm curious to see if Jack comes with a kick heavy approach. You know, hitting that calf. I forget who it was that Strickland fought. Maybe it was Uriah Hall. He he looked like a little bit uncomfortable once those calf kicks started. So you know, interested to see if that. It, 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 that's what I would do if I'm fighting a dude with a great jab. Like I'm chopping that calf every single time you give me an opportunity. But I'm gonna stick with Strickland here, uh, and I think he he touches up Jack and starts pulling away late. But it's going to be competitive for sure. Yeah. One point you mentioned uh, about um, 
the training situation is you know, Strickland admits that he, he all he does is spar. He just loves to spar, loves to strike and spar. I feel like he kind of doesn't take his preparation like to opponent specific. Like he's not going to be like, oh, I'm fighting a wrestler. Let me train more wrestling. Let me train more jujitsu. I feel like he's the type of guy to just keep chugging along at the same, you know, with the same routine that he does. While Jack strikes me as more of a guy who can game plan, who can, you know, look to target his opponent. Uh, I their cannot blame and whatnot. So that's why that I, uh, part of the reason like, why I like Dog Jack. money on Jack is not a bad bet. And, um, for sure, uh, not a bad bet. And uh, that is going to do it. We're through all 13 fights, and that means it's time for our our best parlay of the week, best bet of the week. I'll start things off. Um, I'll go with my man, Power Bar, Marc-Andre Bayou, Moneyline. Yeah, so and, uh, that'll be I think my seven pick. bets in here. I'm what about you, Ozzy? go to the well again. Obviously, I mentioned a bunch of uh, dogs that I that I really like uh, on a money line this week, but I'm going to go with another prop, another over. I'm going to go with the over uh, two – two and a half or you know you could go with decision two but i'm gonna go with over two and a half in uh brian battle versus uh trishan gore i just think the, both those guys match up pretty evenly actually i think that it'll take a little bit for that fight to get going and even when it does you know i don't think i don't see either guy connecting too big uh with strikes and then uh submission wise i don't really see both either guy hunting for too much of them even though brian battle did come off a, a submission win in his last fight so i'm gonna go with that over two and a half minus 105 uh, for my best bet. Yep, that comes out to plus 250. Um, I expect my man MAB to be in a little trouble early, but I think in retrospect, he'll still look like a good bet when the fight is all said and done. So uh, we're rocking out with that, plus 250 on those two, and uh, that is going to do it. Um, hopefully we have another dog-heavy card. Definitely seems like we're trending towards the dog on more than these more often than not on these fights um so hopefully another good night of dogs and a, uh you know some some yeah. sleeper good fights in here a lot this of fun fights card, Arosa, Arosa this Peter should be card. Be fun. i, I Harrison. will not miss this card i think this, this, this go ahead. there's a lot of fights that are i think one will get good pacing and then two i think there's gonna be a lot of good fights tonight or on saturday Yep, I agree. So uh, thank you all for listening. Hope you all enjoyed the podcast. Give us that like. Make give sure us that retweet. Subscribe. Don't fuck uh, around. Following Don't us on Twitter stingy. and whatnot. And, and uh, uh, we're making – listen, if you're not making money with this podcast, we are not the problem. You are the problem, okay? So no offense being said, but come on. You know, let, let's let's keep this going. Um, you know, I think we're – how many episodes in are we, uh, uh, John? 22 23 so you know good 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 streak going and uh, let's keep it rolling but uh let's keep uh you know showing support overall but uh thank you guys as always for good feedback i mean you got you got one of the best betters in mma uh 22 episodes giving out his thoughts let's for free it. so if you're not making some let's cash along let's with these, keep like, making that money said, i'm not there's you know, uh, something wrong and it's us not us the bookies, um, but you know let's just keep it rolling One closing thought, I like oh, Basil Hafez on this uh, Fury FC card as, as a dog, too. So look into him on uh, Bet Online. Um, but that's going to be it. Thank you all for listening. Hope you all enjoy the card. We'll see you next week for the H-Town pay-per-view UFC 271. Peace.